Bonjour. On today's show, we talk about the news of UFC 249. We give you our quick thoughts on the uh, the fights that are going to happen and how we think they're going to play out. We will do a full breakdown next week. We answer our listener questions, uh, talk about Dana's gross sex tape, talk about Paige Van Zandt getting even more naked, which is weird. Uh, so yeah, stay tuned for all that and much, much more, including an interview with UFC legend Forrest... Jack and Mel weigh in. Final round. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to this week's edition of the Jack and Mel Super Adam May Show. As always, I'm your host, Jack Hans Tips, joined on the co-host and brother, Mel Brown. What is happening, my player? Groundhog Day is what's happening. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Wash, rinse, repeat. Washing them hands, rinse, repeat. Washing them raw. It's Yeah, my hands are drier than a nun's flaps right now. It is... Too too much hand washing, too much. Why would nuns have dry flaps? Lack of arousal, my man. Yeah, I reckon they're getting aroused plenty. Mm, true, true. But lack of... Um, well, you know, you're probably right. Suppose There's no it, biological difference. <laughs> no, that's true. But uh, you just... Yeah, you're right. It's a mental thing, isn't it? You think that the... Uh, just busted that wide open. Yeah, absolutely. Well, regardless, uh, to those who missed it, we released a, a miniature podcast with the interview we did with Forrest Griffin on Friday. Uh, we will be including the interview with Forrest Griffin at the end of this podcast. If you missed it, if you didn't miss it and you heard it, thanks for tuning in. It was one of the biggest episodes we've ever had. Uh, hopefully you keep that ball rolling. We're going to put it at the end of this episode. So if you heard it, feel free to, when you hear that interview start, feel free to log off. Podcast's over for you. Uh, but we do have a long and... Uh, and hopefully entertaining show plan for you today. Um, we normally release on a Monday, but we put it off because we knew that this card announcement was coming, and fuck me, did it deliver. What a card, Mel, eh? Yeah, it is fantastic. And it's going to be even better because we're starved of MMA at the minute. Yeah, so I'm just going to take a sip of my delicious black coffee. Let's get this in the mic, dude. Just like how you like your cocks. <sighs> Strong, big, bold, black, absolutely. And in your mouth. Um, yeah, absolutely. So uh, the card is amazing. Um, I posted last night saying, like, do I wish that the UFC had d- delayed the card? Yes. Am I going to watch it and be happy about it? Hell yeah. Also, yes. Yeah. Like, I saw a lot of people fighting about this. Did you see it? Yeah, um, and both sides are valid, um, which I don't get why we're fighting about it, because people are getting so pissy. Oh, fuck sake, stop complaining about it and just like it. And the other side are going, well, we're still going to watch it, but I still don't think it's socially responsible to do it. Yeah, which and you I, can... I agree with both. Yeah, I mean, we talk about this all the time on Twitter. Like, it's weird because if you have an opinion and you post it, there'll be people who applaud your opinion, and then there'll be people who will literally not only disagree, but shit on your opinion. It's yeah. a bizarre... A bizarre place to Twitter, but of course, if you're not following us, what the hell have you been doing with your life? At Super Ad MMA Show. be um, weird to we listen are... to this without following us. If you do, do that, you think? I'd be curious to know how you find us. I'm curious to know that anyway. Yeah, let us know. Actually, tweet at us. Facebook, pick Carrier Pigeon, let us know. How did you find the show? Um, and as always, like we're totally open for feedback, so if there's anything you'd like to see more of or less of, etc., etc., let I'm us not, know. So. I'm set in my ways. I will do the exact same thing in the exact same monotone <laughs> forever. So this card, we're going to give a full quote-unquote breakdown next week so make sure that if you're not subscribed you are subscribed to the channel um but Gotta in the meantime we're just dry 
Absolutely. Um, in the meantime, we're just going to talk about the fights, give our quick thoughts on it, and then we're going to get on to our listener questions, which we have loads of. So thanks very much to uh, all listeners, new and old. So um, Ryan Spam fighting Sam Alvey. Uh, I think Alvey's going to get slept. That's my... I uh, sort of always think that Sam Alvey's going to get slept. I, I don't know. Like, Do we just not take him seriously? Or seriously no, enough I, because I, of how the demeanour... One of our questions later on is about journeyman, and Alvi is the. He, there's a picture of him in the dictionary under journeyman. He's got to be fighting for his job this time. Yes, a hundred percent. That's the difference. He's on a bad run. Span it can crack though. Yeah, and he's been finished with strikes. What two out of the last three? Yeah, that's why I'm saying I think he's getting slapped. Yeah, I would think so. But it's a great fight. It's a great fight, and I will watch it, and it's a good step up for Span. Yeah. Because whilst we shit on, well, we don't shit on Alvi, but whilst we kind of just did, um, you know, he's also beaten some really good names, so. Yeah. Eubanks versus Morass. Don't have as much interest in that. Michael Johnson fighting Camel Worthy. Um, I, I know it's bad of me, because I should know this. I just cannot remember or think of who Worthy is at all. The, the Death Star. He the only fight he's had in the UFC was on the Cormier Milchich two card, and it was against Devontae Smith, which he won by uh, KO. Nope, nothing coming back. Well, he uh, he is a well, he's fifteen six and zero as a pro, you know, so he's a mixed bag. But you just thought he's the almost the dangerous one. Um, he's a veteran. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And you know, we've we've joked about this before, saying that when it comes to the UFC, you're almost better betting on the guy who's new to the UFC because the odds are usually stacked in the favor of the person who's already been in the UFC. But with you know no upside, you kind of with with guys that have had three or four fights, you sort of know roughly what level they're at usually. Yeah. So with guys like this, like how the fuck do you judge where he's at based well, on the, the thing? Devontae Smith. Yeah, I have no idea. I know I know how good Michael Johnson is. But, you know, it's hard to gauge that against. You'd have to favour Johnson purely because he's not only a savvy veteran, but a he is, he's, you have to be really good to beat Michael Johnson. Yeah, that's that's true. Like, even the Emmett fight. Emmett was kind of getting slapped about a wee bit. It's back and forth, but it was a crazy shot. Johnson was going to win that fight. It looked that way, yeah. Um, and then out of nowhere, kabam, and his face was remember. just turned into a face. I, s- I think I scored for Johnson against Stevie Ray. Yes, yeah, so did I. I remember us watching that fight, and then Stevie Ray got the nod, and we were like, "What?" I know. Uh, Hernandez fighting Morales or Morais. Um, Hernandez, good to see him back again. He's such an unlikable person. He really is. I think that a lot of that was because of the cowboy thing. He was trying to be like Connor, but you got to be real good. Yeah, um, he's another one. I scored his last fight against him. I thought Trinaldo beat him. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not as young as you know. He's Is he thirty. He's not. No, he's twenty-seven. But the way he's sort of spoken about, sometimes you'd think he was twenty or twenty-one. Yeah. Yeah. Um. He is good. I don't know how good. Um, I kind of... Mm. And this is another fight. I don't think 
you'll find out how good he is from this fight. No, no. Uh, this next fight is an absolute banger that came out of nowhere. Uriah Hall versus Jacare. Yeah, Jacare going back down the middleweight. Um, Makes sense. Does. Um, it's the mileage on Jacare. It's true. But you got to think he's tapping Hall. Yeah, I think, yeah, it would seem fairly safe. Um, but then Hall could just catch him with something wild on the way in. He doesn't really get caught. The only, you know, Whitaker got true. him and Romero hit him with a flush spinning back fist, which didn't get him out of there. Um, Do you know... It's fight, got- fight with Jan at light heavy. It was close. Yeah. It was, you know, it was shit, but it was close. Um, we got Hermanson and annihilated him, which yeah. is the worst I've ever seen him look. We got tweeted yesterday about uh, Nate Diaz, and or did we get involved in the conversation? I can't remember. It was about Nate Diaz. Someone said, you know, most disappointing fighter, you know, in terms of, you know, <laughs> glimpses of ability and whatever. And it's, you gotta say that's Hall. Yeah. Although, um, like... Is he that you know? Is he that? Is he disappointing? Was he that good, or did he just, you know, have a spectacular knockout over a essentially a nobody on the Ultimate Fighter? Because I remember you know, Dana White he did that. it to Misasi. That's true, but then, oh no, you weren't at it. Well, I was at it. Musasi beat the yes, shit yeah, out yeah, of him. Yeah, um, like the only he beat Thiago Santos. He did six years ago, but true. still. He beat Jocko, you know, like, but this is the thing. He also beat Carlos Jr. Um, close fight, though. But you I know, think that's his level. Like, I don't think he was really. People expected more from him, but I don't think. I don't think there is that more. I think that was always going to be, you know, yeah. in and around where he was. I thought he was overhyped coming out of the Ultimate Fighter and he got found out and then he didn't look great for a long time. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's fair. And. You know, there's a couple of good names sprinkled or in throughout the record here and there, but he's never really been able to put it together for any sort of consistent period of time. That is, yeah, that is true. Who do you, who do you favor in this fight then? What's what way do you see it going down? I mean, if Shakurai can get him down, he, he's toast, um, and I would imagine him too. Yeah, I think he's going because Shakurai. Jacare can, you know, we said every time with these guys with elite ground games, he can throw without, you know, he doesn't have to worry about that coming back the other way. He literally just has to worry about Hall striking, just reckless which which abandon. he will, which he will need to worry about. But yeah, yeah, hundred percent. If he can just shell up and walk through it a bit, I think Jacare taps him. But th- but that could change before next week. Plus, you know, you and I both tend to when we know we're breaking stuff down. It's obviously quite difficult more recently because before the pandemic the UFC pace had been crazy so it was quite difficult to like watch footage and try yeah. and be a bit more analytical um, but you know you and I probably will be watching some footage in between now and next week where we can maybe give a bit more insight but again I would favour Jack Ray to march forward give uh, Hall no space think of what he did to Chris Camusi uh, it'll yeah. look something like that it'll look like that yeah uh, the next fight is Ngannou and Rosenstroik, which I'm surprised isn't higher up the bill. Yeah, I see a lot of people kicking off about this. Um, Makes sense, though, opening the pay-per-view with that. Is it? Uh, I'm just mm. the one. The, the main event, I assume, opening the main event with that, making it a five-card main event, that would make sense. No, there already is five fights on the 
the main card. I thought it was. That's what I'm saying. Is that the? F- oh, is it? Good grief. So. Good grief. Well, that's terrible because that I thought the whole Jacare was headlining the prelims, but I, I could be wrong because I'm reading this off uh, the poster that was put out. Um, well, it, it doesn't. So, it doesn't have a break. I'm literally. I'm just looking at the fight card on Wikipedia, and it says it's the headliner of the ESPN prelims. Well, which I, would make a, sense if you it if, does if that's you know going to be the most viewed, and you're going to try and sell the pay per view off it. You know, hopefully which that they fight. Will. Yeah, hopefully that fight delivers. Uh, it's not another Ngannou Lewis. Yeah, I mean, Rosenstruck didn't exactly look great against Overeem. So this is the problem. We both love Overeem, and I don't want to talk shit about him, but he's got the worst chin in heavyweight. Probably. He doesn't get hit a lot completely clean, hence why he oftentimes I don't the know. fights he like wins are the ones he I avoids it. I don't know how you can quantify it. You know what I mean? Uh, do you think he's got a good chin at this stage of his career? No, I don't think he's ever had a, you know, what we would deem a great chin. You know, like the Hunts and Nelsons of the world, but... He is. I mean, he got cracked by Mark by Mark Hunt, who is one of you know notoriously hardest hitters. A, you know, Junior De Santos, Arlovsky, Nelson. Well, he got out by Rosenstrike, out by Blades. Out he by didn't get Ngannou. out by Rosenstrike. Ah, he was out in his feet, though. He was. He was. I was happy enough with that stoppage. I get why they protested because it was towards the end. See if there'd been any more than like five or ten seconds left. In there that was three. Fight. Yeah, but this is my point, is that had there been any more than that, no one would have said shit about the stoppage, and you have yeah, to remember that. Yeah, if, yeah, but, but I'm, <laughs> you, can't, you can't set a precedent based off that. No, because but the, no, that, no, I, can, I'm not, I'm not, there's so much you can change. But that's not my argument, like, against him being chinny, or, like, against him having a bad chin isn't based on that one fight. But what I'm saying is that had that, had that series of punches happened with a minute left on the clock... That fight was getting stopped. And I think that if a referee's job is if you see a fighter in trouble and if you see warning signs A, B, C, it shouldn't matter whether there's a second left on the clock or one minute. The referee's job is to stop the fight the second that they see those warning signs. Now, as a fan and as a fan of Wolverine, I believe that he could have survived the extra three seconds and won the fight by unanimous decision, but that's mm-hmm. not really the point because that sets a dangerous precedent too. Well, then it kind of is because it's a sport. You know, everything's... Fighter safety is more important, but he wasn't in danger because Rosenstruck uh, had went to the other side of the cage. He literally there wasn't time for any more follow up. So I'm not. Yeah, I don't know. Without with it, well, look, I don't think that Overeem has the best chin in heavyweight. No, no, I'm stretch. not. I'm not saying he's the best chin, but I, no, I know, I know. But what I'm saying, your is argument that was I, he has the worst. I think he might have one of the worst. Um, it's hard, It's impossible to quantify the worst chin in heavyweight, but he has one of the worst because he's one of those guys that I'm terrified of watching him get hit. And that that's just because I've seen it so many times. Um, it is difficult to quantify, though, and you could well be right that maybe his chin, for lack of a better term, out of marks out of ten, like maybe it is higher up the list than I think. But I think he uses technique to avoid punches. But when he is in a position where he gets hit, it doesn't normally end well. Anyway, the point I'm trying to make with this is that you know Rosenstrike went five rounds against him, and. I just don't think that. I just don't think a fight will look anything like that, or it shouldn't. But I think I think Ngannou is going to absolutely kill Rosenstrike. Oh, I, I would think so as well. But I mean, this is the thing: how good is Rosenstrike? 
it's kind of we're still finding Not out. Very is my opinion so striking far. Striking wise, it kind of is. You know, based on what? Look at how he looked against Overeem. Now I know that Overeem is an elite striker, but I I think that that that's that's my point. Is an elite striker, you know, it's not my point, but he was battering. Like Overeem was battering him up over five rounds, and I think that he hit so many shots that in Ghana he, he will not be able to eat any of those shots off in Ghana. None of them, and he but does I, get I don't, hit. I don't think. Well, that's what I mean. We don't know what his chin's like. Um, and Ghana is a funny character as well because technically, how good is he, or is you know does he just have that terrifying power? Well, we know he's the terrifying power. I think that's all you need when you're Francis and Gano. But it's it's the same thing with when he fought Stipe. It's when oh, that, that's different. No, 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 I know, but I'm just I'm using this as an example. When he doesn't, when he can't get the job done with a big shot, can he go the distance with a more technical fighter? I think that's my the only way I could see Rosenstruck beating but, him is if he avoids the big shots and frustrates him. He could. I don't know. That, that's possible, but the difference. But that's there, what I'm saying. It, Since Ngannou's had that fight with Stipe, we haven't seen him for any more than what, a minute, bar the Lewis fight, which was. We're yeah, not, I think know. I think the difference is with Stipe. There's a handful of things that won him that fight, and it was his ability to mix the martial arts along with great head movement that won him that fight. Um, you know, people are always like, "Oh, it was his wrestling," and like, mm, no, it was his boxing head movement and his ability to mix between wrestling and striking. Um, Rosenstreich won't do that and can't do that, um, based off what we've seen. And I think that for that reason, I think that being a technically better striker, yes, that matters. But any time that he goes near over him, like if you look at later on in the Steep ATC fight or Steep A and Ganu fight. Ngannou was still landing, just not, you know, they were, there was less on them and Stipe was still defensively sound. But that's what I'm saying. If Ngannou can't get him out of there in the first or, you know, midway through. I think he still gets him out of there. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm not, I'm unwilling to completely write him off to give him zero I, chance. I, f- I favour Ngannou. I favour Ngannou against any human. Nine times out of ten. Any human on earth. But what I'm saying is I just, I don't. Just don't know with Rosenstrike. The Overeem fight was a weird fight. I just don't think we've seen enough of a game from Rosenstrike to suggest that he can beat Anag- Ngannou at the minute. Um, I do, I do see your point about you know because I still striking. think I, th- I think Ngannou catches him and gets rid of him early. But I'm just saying that would be my only reservation is that we don't. Technically, it's hard to gauge where Ngannou's at, and if he, if that. Plan A doesn't work. It'd be interesting to see what he does. Yeah, true. I, I, I just think that. But Plan A is going to work ninety percent of the time. Yeah, but I think that in this instance, he only needs Plan A because Rosenstruik to me doesn't have. He is in the same boat. You know, even though he can, you know, maybe pity patter a bit more, you know, a bit more technical and clean striking. I think the problem is that. But you know, the, the same thing, like. We need to be careful not building and Ghani up to this godlike status because he could get cracked and we could see him wobbled. Like well, we've seen him cracked. It's, he- and it's heavy. I yeah, but I mean, Rosenstrike hits, looks like it, based on evidence, as hard as, as anyone else. And we haven't really seen him fight. 
or get hit by you know an elite striking heavyweight you know junior de santos was not the same and he looked scared lots of this comes in mentality he's got that tyson thing that people are beat before they even start mm-hmm. against him so if rosenstrike can isn't go in scared. isn't scared of it you know and lights him up a bit you know it could be interesting so Stevenson Qatar up next, which is actually on this entire card probably the fight I am the most pumped for. I have been high on Qatar for a few years now. I think Calvin Qatar has some of the best pure boxing in the UFC. He has probably, arguably, the best job, the most beautiful job. Um, to watch for that, I think Qatar, and I am a fanboy. I think he beats the piss out of Stevens. I think this is going to be super one-sided. Yeah, I mean, the way it seems to go with Jeremy Stevens is he either hits you with something really big or he gets picked apart for a decision. Another guy who could be fighting for his job? Yeah, um, he's been there for so long. Such a mixed career, though. You know, two wins, two losses, three losses, three wins, two wins, one loss. You know, he's that kind of fighter. and But he's always on the cusp, he always seems to pull it out. This time, though, I, I'm with you. I, I don't think he'll do it. I think Qatar is too... Technical. Technical. Now, Jeremy Stevens is not an old man. He's 33, but he is an old fighter. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's a new wave. Um, and you sort of saw that with when he fought uh, Yair and Zabit. I think Qatar isn't as good as those guys ye- overall, but is very... Qatar was going to win that Zabit fight if it was a five-round fight. If you remember the third round. Yes, I remember, but that's another if button, maybe, you know. No, it is, but what I'm saying is that, like, you just said there that he's not as good as those guys, and I disagree. I think that we've seen that he could be. I think he's just don't know. I think he's he's just the level below. You you could well be right. Um, I can see that. And I think age-wise, those guys are younger and Mm. better, so it's only going to further. Um, But my point was that I would include Qatar in that sort of generation of fighters, and I think that generation of fighters are more skilled and well-rounded, and sort of have passed, Jer- you know, Jeremy Stevens by. However, Jeremy Stevens has the great equaliser in that he can hit he can really, crack. really hard, <laughs> and he's really, really ridiculously yeah. hard, and he's super tough. Yeah, um, body shots. Yeah, but I mean. What Aldo did to him could be something you could see Qatar go to, you know, working working the body. I think that is what we'll see. Um, but you're right, you know, Stevens. Uh, I mean, the thing with Stevens is he's he's such a savvy veteran that... He's been in the UFC for 13 ones. years. I know, it's crazy, That's isn't ridiculous. it? ridiculous. And, and if you up and down a couple of weight classes. But if you look at who he's fought, it's just everyone. Yeah, yeah, everyone <laughs> in the 45 and a lot of the 55 division too. Yeah. He's a beast. Um, next fight up is Vincente Luque versus Price. Um, we will leave this until later on because we had a question about this fight, um, so we'll leave this fight until later. Um, we have Hardy, Greg Hardy, fighting uh, De Castro. Uh, you tweeted yesterday, and you were bang on. So, um, you know, good time for Hardy to be fighting, considering he needed an healer to get through his last fight. Yeah, <laughs> like it just. Well, that's sort of like what we were saying before. Super excited to see this, just fights in general. But there has to be some sort of social responsibility as an employer. Now I know they can probably do the oh, we're 
independent contractors nonsense, but you should have some human decency to like not endanger people mm-hmm. who work for you, who make you money. Um, but for whatever reason, Greg Hardy is fighting on this card, so take it as it is. I think he is getting knocked out. Agreed. But Hardy will be the favourite, so we can put money. Yeah, I just... I just not... I'm not high on Greg Hardy at all. No, nor I. I respect him more recently because of uh, his performance against Volkov. He got the shit beat out of him, but never quit on himself. You know, kept trying. So I respect him. Um, not as a human being, but as a as a fighter. But he's just not good enough to fight at this level. And and I agree with you. I think. I mean, he's, he's probably going to look. Oh, I don't know. He could look infinitely better. I just, it's he's he's young for heavyweight, but he's old to the game. If that makes sense. Yeah, and he hasn't been doing it long enough to even. And it, and his know. and his physicality and athleticism will close the gap over the guys like. Juan Adams and Smolyakov, but as mm. as the Volkov fight showed, you get you get someone with real high level technique. You're gonna have issues because those guys are fighting are athletes as well. Um, mm-hmm. Now Jorgen de Castro's physique could be a bit um, deceiving. Deceiving, yeah. But I mean, I don't know. We haven't seen a lot of him either. Um, he slept. Uh, what do you call your guy? Australian big dude. In his last fight, it was like a real. Oh, Tai Tuivasa. No, it wasn't. Uh, trains with Tai Tuivasa, I think. Um. Ah, oh, it's gonna really annoy me. I'm not positive off the top of my head. Um. Bum, 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 bum. Taffa, Justin Taffa. Yes. Yes. Um. Really, like super sweet counter right but I mean it was quick that was like what a minute or so into the first round mm-hmm. fighting Justin Taffa or doing that to Justin Taffa doesn't really tell us too much but you know he comes from a, a kickboxing background he should be technically more well or technically a better striker anyway but I suppose we'll see if Hardy's more well rounded you know Will we see Hardy take it to the ground this time? Um, I think that'll be the plan for him. Use that athleticism and explosiveness. You know, he will have the athletic edge, obviously, mm. in this fight. And I think that's where he'll try and do. He'll try and get it to the ground, you know, facing a striker where he can sort of equalize the skill set. Yeah. No, I think you're right. Um, but I think Hardy is getting slapped. Um, Andraj v. Namajunas 2 next up. I have seen people tweeting saying, oh, I'm sticking money on Andraj. She's, you know, the underdog and all. It's like, yeah. I. The case for Namajunas, or for Andraj beating Namajunas, isn't the case people think. People are like, you know, she's really good. She could beat her. I don't think technically there's, a, there's much of a chance that she can beat Rose unless there has to be a for lack of a better term, a freak ending in the way there was. Something like that, that big slam or something catches her with something outrageous. Which could happen, but it's not a technique thing. Technically, Nami Yunus is light years ahead, but... Striking-wise? But yeah. But this... Uh, well, I think I think everywhere, apart from nice. maybe physicality in wrestling, but... And drives but the on, point, on the ground hazard all day. The point I'm making here is that I think that Nami Yunus... 
um, it's her time away and whether or not she can deal with the mentality of fighting someone that nearly broke her neck the last time. I think that is where the underdog status of Andrade really comes into its own. I just... This fight's weird. Rose's career has become weird. Um, Andrade is a bit more simple and straightforward as a... See, she posted a nude. Yeah. Gross. <laughs> what is it with just the female fighters posting nudes at the minute? I have no idea. So, I mean, I know that the they're boredom. bored. Yeah. It must be, but like, I'm bored and I'm not resorting to that. Well. Not without people donating to the OnlyFans well, page. That's true. We'll give you, we'll see how your your boredom's holding up next week. And then you're just yeah, giving it away just for free. Just be photos of me with my beanbag out. Yeah, just giving away in the street corner. Um, I, like, Rose has fought, what, three times in three years? There's always, mm-hmm. like, a year between them nearly. I think her style works very well against the Joannas of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, less physical, more technical fighters. She hasn't really fought anyone else her entire career who's a bulldozer like Andrade, and that might just be the kryptonite to it. I think people also overrate Rose because of that. Because, I don't know, man. Um, those performances were great. You could argue she lost the second Joanna fight. I don't think she did, but I know there are people who will. Yeah, the Joanna um, uh, stands. Yeah. Um, but she's another fighter who who fans either adore to the point of irrationality or dislike to the point of irrationality. Um, I don't think she's that much better than Andrade. I think she has her in the striking department. I think elsewhere Andrade has her with physicality on the ground and against the cage. If Rose can stay on the outside and pick her apart like she was having great success with, um, I think that's the path to victory. But I don't know, man. Like, it's how will she come back from that? Will she be scared? Well, you know, is there going to be a mental block there? She wasn't in a good place after that fight, physically or mentally, it seemed. Well, haven't heard a peep from her since, haven't seen any training footage. Who the fuck knows? I think that's by design. I don't, yes and no, but like, I don't always think that's. A good thing. A good thing. Like, she seems to, you know, you can say and think whatever you want about her relationships with Pat Barry <laughs> and this, that, and the other. No, but like, she, she's, don't get me started. No, but she's, like, there's, she, she's a strange cat. She's yep. not a normal chick. No. Um, And it's hard to get a read. I have a feeling, see, but this is the thing, who, who knows? She could come back and look like an absolute destroyer. Or she could come back, not be able to get over the mental block, and Andrade could bulldoze her. But this is why I'm saying that, like, I think this is where the real... I personally don't believe there's any chance in hell the fight ends the same way. Like, No, no. I like, just I don't mean, see that, it, right? I mean, that was, you know, a very unusual finish. I mean, the Kimura defense, you know, it's one of the first things you learn when you're doing cage work. You know, so if you start training MMA... And you've done a bit of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, whether it's a you know pure Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu or Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in your MMA class or whatever. One of the first submissions you'll learn the Kimura or the Key Lock or Americana or whatever the fuck you want to call um, and all the variations. One of the first things you'll learn whenever you are doing cage defense is that exact defense that Rose used, reaching over 
and grabbing the arm because then your opponent is put into a position where they have a decision to make when it comes to their takedown. Try and finish the takedown on and risk getting their arm ripped off essentially so we know that that's not going to happen again there will be a different takedown defense she may go to the kimura but she will let go you know there and there will be other variations of the defense the chances of her relying on that kimura grip the way she did there slim to none but i think there is enough of a case with the questions that you've just asked to justify andrage being or to, to justify a bet on andrage with her being such an underdog you know, she's minus 200 at the minute, which is... <laughs> I wouldn't bet on it because I favour Namajunas massively. But I think that it, that is based on me assuming that her mentality will, will hold up purely I mean, because of how I mean, it held you're up. Betting on that, you're betting on hunches, you know... Well, yeah, but I mean, Facts a lot help. of the time, a lot of the time when when you or I have oh, no, no, big, I'm not, I'm it not, is a hunch. I, I'm not saying that's wrong, but I'm just saying that, like... If you're looking at it from a pure fact, you know, fact-based evidence, she should not be the favourite. She has not fought since to the woman who knocked her out in the second round. Yeah, but th- to be fair, though, you could also argue that Andrade shouldn't be the favourite either because she fought again and got slapped. You know, so yeah, but I'm, yeah, but I'm talking about evidence between the two. I think if you are a bet whore and you because fancy- I don't think I don't think you can base how Rose will do off uh, Zhang because they're physically and stylistically. Very, oh no! Very I, yeah, different. no, no, true, true. But what I'm saying is that you know you were saying that Rose hasn't fought, and then that's you know why you know you can't put her as favorite. And no, I'm no, saying- I'm saying that she, she, you can't put her as favorite over someone who's just knocked her out and she hasn't come back from. There's no evidence since. I think it's the. I think it is purely the method. Like I think that you know the bookies aren't stupid, and they know full well the chances of that happening again are slim. That said, I my bet my underdog bet if I were to bet on Andrade would be a KO. It would yeah, be Andrade ground hits, and pound. Andrade hits. hits hard, and she's like Rose is is wiry and tricky on the ground, um, but like Andrade is physically stronger the mm-hmm. top game will be better uh, and she's a black belt as well you know mm-hmm. it's just the path to victory for Rose is on the outside and yeah. it's just whether she can physically stop someone like Andrade coming through because she's only fought one person like Andrade and that's how it's went we joke about the Pat Barry relationship with her a lot you know and it's, it's fair enough to an extent but I think he's a really good coach, and I think that his game planning with Rose has been what has enabled her to perform. Oh yeah, I don't think the anyone, way that she has. I don't think anyone has technical issues with Pat. <laughs> no. Yeah, you don't no. get that guy on UFC Fight Island in international waters. Fuck knows what he'd do. <laughs> well, there's no rules. There's no, no rules. Taking um, island, island brides. <laughs> so the uh, the the natives. So the um. The, the main event, obviously, Tony Ferguson versus Justin Gaethje. We're going to save a full breakdown. Um, your hunch, and I'm starting to come more to this uh, way of thinking, is that Gaethje's going to sleep, Tony. And I'm starting to see it more the more I think about the fight. Um, I Tony think just gets hit. He gets say, hit too much, yeah. I say this about every fighter who has a great chin, and they rely on it. It will go. I don't, you know, it could be this fight... Mm-hmm. It could be five fights down the line. It will go. You know, it's the same sort of thing with 
I'm trying to think. Mark Hunt, Roy Nelson, Nate Diaz. It'll go. And we've seen it go with with guys. He just gets hit and dropped way too often. And I just think that Gaethje... I, a lot of this depends on what shape Gaethje's in because this is two weeks notice. Um, but Gaethje has been more composed in his recent fights. He's picked his shots. He hits super hard for lightweight. He's knocking people out all over the place. Tony gets hit. I think he'll get dropped and I think Gaethje will be composed. And I know people don't like, you know, there's this stereotype and people like playing up to that. Oh, Gaethje's just this Homer Simpson fighter. He's really not. He's actually... Mm. I don't know. I fall somewhere in between where you do and the Homer Simpson thing. But like, he's not just a punch bag who hits one shot or waits for you to tire yourself out beating him up. Like in his last few fights, he's looked far more composed, far more technical. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I suppose, but I just think. But even if he drops Tony and turns it on, like I, he's still going to follow in and get rid of him. I just Tony has all the tools, and they're talking. You know, people online are like, "Oh, he's going to stop him due to cuts from elbows." It's like, "Well, where's he going to elbow him? Is Gaethje going to take him down?" No. I wouldn't imagine so, because that plays into Tony's game. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if he's going to stop him with cuts from the feet. He could do, but do you think Ferguson is better than Alvarez? Um, I don't know. It's it's a hard one to say because the problem is with Gaethje. Donald Strooney win, super impressive. Barbosa. Well, that's win, what I'm saying. Pretty the, impressive. I know you're going to go with the, the madness of Poye and the Alvarez fights. However, I think from those fights, there's been a noticeable change over the last two years. I, I don't think we know that based off the ghost of James Vick and Barbosa and Cerrone because Cerrone has had an iffy run. You know, the Barbosa one is the no, one no, that but makes like, me go, is, shit. Is Donald Cerrone a better striker than Tony Ferguson? But I don't. I think based off what we saw, maybe not. Really, you don't think? I, would, I mean, a I think. I think. Striker I, th- than I think. Tony Ferguson. Yeah, but, but, but here's the problem: is Edson Barboza a better technical striker? Yeah, but then that's what I just said. And he's, got the, he's got the both Barbosa of them. one is the the one that I'm like, okay, interesting. The thing with Suruni is, do I think that he's technically better? Yes, but here's the thing: sometimes being technical is different to having success with your striking, if that makes sense. Is is Gaethje... Uh, you I know, think I just think people undervalue his his striking because he's gotten into two wars and lost them. I just don't think he's beaten the level of competition that Tony Ferguson has yet. And whilst I do favour Gaethje knocking Ferguson out in this, I'm saying that there is a big question mark, and it is that it is actually in some ways quite difficult to gauge exactly where Gaethje's at. Um, I think they're at very similar levels, actually. I think people... They could be. People actually overrate Tony. No, I I'm think not, that's true as well. I'm not going to say he is obviously very, very good. But I think he... Some of the fight, you know, <clears throat> some of the fights he's had... How he's well, like, maybe fought guys on the, the better ta- at better times in their careers, you know. But you can't argue with, with the wins. And if you look at his list of names, there's, I mean, there's, they are similar level to Gaethje. There's just maybe one or two more. 
bigger mm-hmm. fights. But lots of his wins are over guys who, yes, are tough. Everyone in the UFC is tough, but like they're there not. Been fights that he was dropped in. Yeah, but that, that's the thing. You know, like how many of those fights has he been dropped? Has he been in real trouble? I just don't think. He can allow that against Gaethje. He also hasn't really been that active since 2014 or 15, really. Tony? Yeah, he's fought on average, I think, once a year over the last three years or four years or something like that. You know, like... There's been lots of injuries and stop-start booking and, you know, not all his fault. Um, You know, the Pettis one doesn't look that good in hindsight. But again, that's hindsight. And they do both share a common... I mean, they both last. They both last fought Cowboy. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. And you look at how they handled that. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a hundred percent a case for Gaethje, and I I actually do favour. I think he is going to. I think he's going to knock Ferguson out, but I think he's going to ice him. And nobody's iced Ferguson. I don't know if he'll ice him, but I think he'll. If he doesn't, he'll drop him. And but, but I think, you need to ice him because I don't, Tony's I think, ability to scramble and recover. Is, I think it's boogeyman. Oh yeah, I can't can't argue with that. But I see him again. I just think there'll be a time, and it could be this one where he gets dropped and he does all that roly shit, and he just gets up and takes another one, and that's it. You know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not. Could, a, could we were be. we were talking on Twitter. You know, it's not good. To, I think we're talking about Nate Diaz. It's not good to rely on your chin. That's absolutely true. But that's true for fighters like Tony Ferguson as well, because he has literally only survived fights because he's been able to rely on that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's true. Technically, guys have got to him. Yeah, you know, that is true. again and again. So, something we talked about last week on the podcast has come uh, is actually getting worse, um, which is Paige Van Zant. Yeah, good lord! Literally, photos of her upside down piggybacking her husband with his balls resting on her neck. Just that warm, sweaty sack on the nape of your neck. I just don't understand. And then we were tweeting a guy yesterday, and you know, um, I'll see if I can find it so I don't misquote him. But you know, people are yeah. I've seen a few. They're all defensive about I've it. Seen right? people, yeah, so, it's like they're my teammate, or I know people I know, and I'm sure if we were sitting here talking to her or Austin Vanderford, I'm sure they're lovely. Sure, they're yeah, yeah. super dead it's on. It's not a personal thing. Yeah, so it's not a personal thing. But I just he, like what they're doing, I just find so cringy and embarrassing. That's and exactly it. Just so desperate for attention, so starved so the, for validation. So this is exactly it. People I think get really defensive about it. Now this guy didn't, this guy Joey at under slash U E yeah, Usep under slash nineteen on, on Twitter. He he tweeted saying why is everybody so offended that Paige Van Sant's taking pictures with her husband? Laugh my ass off. You all are offended. weird as fuck. Right? So that's what I said. I said, it's not about being offended. It's like cringe comedy. I struggle watching professional athletes behave like that, behave like they, that for yeah, likes on we're Instagram. Also, we're also allowed to react to it because I, they're putting it out there. So this is what I was about like. to respond to him because I said, but hey, look, it's a free country. They're adults and they can do what they like. But by the same token, as someone can go on and click like on Instagram, they're also more than entitled to be like, what the hell are you doing? That's what I mean. They're putting that stuff in a public forum. But he said, they're. I think they're just having fun. It's like, yeah, but we don't need to see that. Take yeah, this you, for yourself. If for, you're just you know, having fun, don't... Or send it to your friend even as a joke. But like, well, I don't yeah. want to see that. Like, and this is the thing is, I don't think they're just having fun. I think that they're doing this for social media vindication. They're no, not just absolutely. having fun. There is a motive. It's not about having fun. If it was just about having fun, they would keep it between themselves. 
It is about, about sharing about them titties out there for the but world. But you need to see. To, you've said this for months. Just do it. Just release the tape because it's going to happen. Oh yeah, it absolutely is. Now, did you see that she apparently is outraged because she released her phone number on this app that Instagram are paying <laughs> yeah, yeah, for, so and everyone has sent their dick pics? And you're going, "What the fuck did you think was going to happen?" Yeah, no, no. But that's at the same time, that's not condoning people sending dick pics. But that's like, well, kind of like it's. No, I'm not saying you're kind of doing it. I'm saying that like, yeah, like I'm not saying it's okay that they've done it. But like, but, but it's gonna happen. But yeah, but like, it's expected. What did you think you were gonna get? Yeah, you've put Who your you, fucking. And this is the thing as well. I, maybe it's just a complete miss. Well, it's actually not. As I was saying, maybe it's just a complete misunderstanding of who her fan base is. But she knows exactly who her fan base is. You know, it's primarily men, and they ain't there for the fighting. So, like, what did she think she was going to get? I have no idea. I mean, the thing is that I don't condone men sending just random unsolicited dick pics. But at the same time, if you are a celebrity and you put your phone number or... If my understanding is this was some sort of app she was promoting on Instagram and she yeah. wanted to chat with her fans. And I don't know whether it's her actual phone number or if you get like a phone number for the app. But whatever yeah, it is, if you put a direct form of contact, yeah, contact onto your me social here. media, it is going to fucking happen. It is the internet. We yeah. all know what the internet is like all of us yeah you're like, constantly I'm sure, sending I'm dick sure, pics on twitter yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly that's all you're throwing out there that's i'm sure her, i'm sure dms on instagram and twitter are already bad enough yeah but yeah exactly. oh, here here's my mobile number or a mobile number for see me. if she were to tell me that she doesn't get dick pics already mm-hmm. i'd call her a fucking liar you know and that's oh, yeah. the thing is like how you don't think that giving someone a direct contact where you know it's it's literally to directly to your phone. You know, you don't have to click into an app as such, you know, where it's Instagram where you can choose. You know, just, she's also just, like I was saying before, you know, she doesn't misunderstand her fan base. Everything is very clear. well, clear and well planned. Like she's obviously flaunting her sexuality for likes, follows, fan base, attention. It's a well, dangerous game though. It is a dangerous game, but like you also have to be careful. Like, Walking the fine line of victim blaming. Well, you know, me sent, me putting up pictures of me in the buff with only my husband's hand over my titty doesn't entitle you to send me anything. Is absolutely true, but it's probably not helping. No, I mean it doesn't. It doesn't it l- legally entitle someone, but morally, you could argue that it might encourage it. Yeah, but that's you know that's what I'm saying. Let's like, be honest. She knows her like- fan base. Everything. It's all a. Uh, Bikini pics, uh, you know, everything's suggestive. You it know, boils down like she to can't, respect. She can't be that unaware of what she's doing. But that's what makes it weird that, like, the husband's all in on it. Like, it's very strange. It's odd. It's odd. I mean, like, like I said, if it was a joke to your your private group chat with your mates or something to be like, you know, boredom getting to you, isolation yeah. day five and send out a jokey one every day. I get it. I've not like, fuck man, I'm a red blooded male. I've no problem with nudity, but like, you know, there's a limit to what I want to actually see from, you know, athletes. Like, and ultimately, you know, I if think you want to be a model, go and be one. I mean, I think she's, you know, 90% transitioned away from, yeah. from, a, you know, which is a shame. An MMA career. You know, she wasn't that good. And that's harsh. But, you know, hindsight with her career, it's not going to... You know, she has had injury problems, but I think technically... 
she got a lot further because she was the pretty all-american blonde girl who they thought they could market really well unfortunately her skill set didn't match up with that and you can get found out so uh, you tweeted a while back and turned out to come true that the ufc should just buy an island so that's exactly what the ufc have done they've I bought a fucking island yeah the soothsayer you so they have predicted uh are you predicted this the ufc bought an island and just as you did well i'm sure that's they where they buy the, it well, it's whatever come the terms they've come to. It's for international fights to happen. So apparently the UFC... Well, so I assume was, it's, it's privately owned by someone and then they're going to lease it off them? I would assume so. It's probably owned by Dana. <laughs> yeah, it's just like that. So they're going to put the international fights in this and apparently the UFC are going to carry on a regular schedule after this event. It just, Fuck knows how, but... Yeah, like, it just seems like madness. Um, but, okay... Like at this point, you're like, they're not going to. If they've gone to the extent of acquiring a private island, you're not going to stop it. No. Um, it's just madness. It is madness. It just seems reckless and ignorant to the issue. But, meh. So we have a load of listener questions this week which is awesome thank you all for getting in touch with us just take a moment to say to you that um the biggest thing you can do to help the podcast out is to share it on your social media whether it's twitter facebook myspace bebo instagram carrier pigeon smoke signal whatever it is that that you have um we really appreciate it we've got a, a few people now that are constantly helping us out we really appreciate it um so we have listener questions. Feel free to send them to us on Twitter at Twitter, well at Twitter uh, at Superhead MMA Show on the Twitter, or you can email us at Superad uh, or sorry Superad at uh, Gmail Superad MMA is it? Yeah, yeah Superad MMA at Gmail dot com. That's it. There we go. Facebook dot com forward slash Superad MMA uh, and. I know. Well, it was off the top of my head. Uh, so, yeah, we really appreciate it. And please, you know, like I said, the biggest thing you can do is just share the podcast because we've been putting a lot of work in recently. Um, I'm sure you've seen we've got more content coming out in the YouTube. So we did the top 10 MMA KOs one uh, last week. And we have a Body Shots KO one coming this week. Support it or I'll take it away. <laughs> the mail provideth and he taketh away it's a warning so, um, it's completely free obviously to share all that and it, it really does help us out so please do and if you're interested in supporting the channel with them cold hard dollars it's uh, patreon.com forward slash so listener questions it is so Andrew Lennon Miller which is and- at Andrew Lennon with two N's MI3 uh, he is the guy by the way uh, Mel I was speaking to and playing UFC 3 with for about two hours and Getting he's like spanked yeah he's like 25th in the world or something ridiculous like just beat the shit out of me so good great guy too so he said breakdown Vicente Luque versus Price which is on two F- uh, UFC 249 that's going to be pure violence well Andrew we're doing a full breakdown next week but we will answer your question because that is what we do we answer all questions um, initial thoughts are Luke A strangles Price again it's hard to say um, because who has come on more since they previously fought um, arguably Price yeah you could argue Price uh, he's been a bit hit and miss he either has a spectacular finish, or he gets iced. Um, Vincente Luque has fought a higher level. Well, not actually, he hasn't really. Other than Thompson, he hasn't fought a higher level of competition. And he got that piss beat out. Yeah, Thompson Thompson exposed that he's not 
there yet. There yet. Um, or if he's capable of getting there. I think this is, yeah, just violence is a, a mad fight. Um, I don't know. I think I think they're actually really well matched as well. It's a good, good considering, fight. yeah, age and where they are in their career and where they are in the division. Um, mm. They sort of... They lose to who they're supposed to lose to and beat who they're supposed to beat, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah kind of. Um, so, yeah, the, it'll be interesting to see who, who has improved more. Um, I still think I favour favor Luke. Um, he just... He's just better everywhere. Yeah, I think. I think he's technically better, but Nico has that, like, just... Fuck you, par. Well, it's... <laughs> Yes and no. It's like it's not even that. It's just like it's the weird par, you know, the striking from, you know, he said two two knockouts off his back. You know, Tim yeah. was Tim Means off his back. No, no, it's Randy Brown. Yeah, yeah, that was the one where he the, like the hammer fist off his yeah. back, and then James Vick got that mental up kick. Yeah. Um. So he's you know he's Nico Price is a wild man, um. But Luke. Is a more technically refined, but he does love to get dragged into a, a good old fashioned brawl. So it'll be good. It'll be good fun, if nothing else. Here, Mel, wait. Do you see what I'm drinking? Right. Mm-hmm. Oh. I can't. The light. Oh, you know the, the big the tropical. tropical. Yes. Oh, oh, big tropical. It's juice like heaven's boy. nectar. It well. is an unbelievable drink. Unbelievable. How are you able to drink that with the old sugar content? This actually, this one isn't too bad. Um, I mean, it is. It has got quite a lot of sugar in it, but like, whenever it's fruit sugars and fructose, it doesn't quite spike your bloods just as much. Well, for me mm. personally, it's obviously different person to person who's diabetic. So if you're diabetic and listening, please yeah, don't take this advice. advice yeah. um, You've got yeah, enough so blood do, on your do, hands, Doctor Stoops' <laughs> corner. Um, but yeah, like obviously, like fruit juices, you know you. You need your vitamins, don't you? So, like, having a little... Like, I'm not drinking that whole two-liter thing. You're just chugging it. Just, just sitting <laughs> chugging it, but certainly, like, a little glass of it. And then as well as that, you know, to an extent, you just take insulin. You know, obviously, you can't be like, I'll just have five <laughs> chocolate bars. You know, just eat what I want and take some insulin. insulin but, but there's an element of truth to that. You know, you can take a little bit of insulin, have a little bit of fruit juice, because you've got to live a little too, you know. Um, but, yeah, that was my drink for today. We black coffee and then some fruit juice. Having breakfast at 6 o'clock in the evening, apparently. You like it black and fruity? Um, so, at an apologies if I... Uh, if I Maul this at the Chiano Belli, I think. Uh, Chiano Belli. I believe they are Italian. So oh, really? congratulations on the biggest stereotype you've ever done there, Mel. Um, <laughs> I even did the hand motions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, yeah. So that's uh, uh, at C I A N O B E L L I underscore. Uh, he tweeted and said, "Do you think Colby is ducking Woodley or is Woodley lying?" And then in brackets again, and trying to avoid Leon. Now, neither. Well, I told him, um, you know basically thanks for the, the question we'd answered on air and then he asked for a link so we sent him a link to it so i think this is actually his first time listening so welcome hope you've enjoyed it and yeah, sorry for first time listening and me probably you <laughs> <laughs> um, should get used to that yeah yeah absolutely it's part part of the uh the market appeal isn't it yes. so do you think colby is ducking woodley no no do you think woodley is lying and trying to avoid leon no no i think no. that fight fell through um just because I, crazy circumstances yeah yeah i think, I think maybe woodley or not woodley uh colby, colby probably started talking a good game with very much thinking that there was no chance the card was happening um and then when it did obviously wouldn't have been 
physically ready in time. Um, do I think Woodley's dodging Edwards? No, I think Edwards is in the UK and can't get anywhere. Well, I'm yeah. sure he can get the Fight Island pretty soon. Let's hope so, because that um, is a fight that I would, I still really want to see. Yeah, it's the right fight. Edwards deserves a guy like that, and I really want to see where Woodley is or you know what he's got left. Um, Edwards Colby be good too if they can't get Edmonds Woodley done. Yeah, there's Edwards. there's a there's a couple of names they could you know mix and match with. So no, I don't think that Woodley is ignoring Leon, but there's a weird thing happening at welterweight at the minute where they're all calling each other out. So God knows, like he just he just Plus, wouldn't know. Callouts are just weird in general because people aren't just ready and you know the drop of a hat to fight the yeah. most elite level of MMA ever. Um, well, like. Forrest Griffin was saying that he thinks about it like matchups, um, you know, and who matches up well with who. And there's that at play too, you know. It's maybe not so much that there is. I just I hear a lot like, well, you know, I'm free to fight in two weeks, so I'm calling you out. But if you don't instantly accept, then you're a pussy and you're ducking me. You know, it's like it doesn't. Yes, I've been at home quarantining with my family. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't work that way. I'm just not. Yeah, I'm just at a point in my life right this second where I can have yeah. a cage fight in a fortnight. Well, channel, thanks for your question. Uh, hopefully you've enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, feel free to send us one for next week. So uh, Ewan Lavender at Lavender MMA. Um, big up Ewan. Uh, he's, he's been an OG. He's been listening since classic uh, listener. since we started. Classic listener. Vintage listener. So he said, did Ferguson take the fight with Gaethje because he's batshit? Or is there anything to gain from this? Yes, yes. he did. <laughs> but also, I said this the other day, Dana has this bug up his ass about like interim belts it's bullshit this is an interim title for a start um yeah but he'll be the only all, guy if he if he wins to win two interim titles but never the actual belt um i don't I think, think there it, is a lot of upside for tony taking this there's zero but i can guarantee you that he's getting paid. oh yeah he he will be getting compensated well well god i hope he is it's um, a stupid fight to take if he's it not. is it's all risk for nothing, for nothing. If you beat if you beat Gaethje, which people will expect him to, you've cemented your place to fight Habib, which you were already going to. Yeah, like you may as well just have held off until. I was reading that Habib says he's going to be ready to go in August, so like it's not you know it's, yeah, it's a few months. Well, yeah, I just think this is crazy. Um, unless he's getting paid an absolute fortune, but then that's your answer if he is. But if you, if he's not who the hell is advising him because it is a crazy move otherwise he also tweeted saying is practicing the ezekiel choke on my cocker spaniel immoral is my mum a better option um yeah and, absolutely yeah 100% um especially if she's and, like ever mouthing off or anything yeah absolutely um so you practice it on the uh, on your mum instead of um plus she's got the collar the, the dog well yeah the other thing as well is it was actually funny cuz we had a bit of uh, we had a bit of banter about this because um Matt Savage at Late Night Carrot who sent us this uh, question. Or no, it wasn't him. Sorry, it was um. Uh, that's sorry, that was the wrong person. Oh, where is it? Yeah, Matt Savage at uh, Matt with two T's under slash Savage eighty three. He uh, he tweeted back and said, "Plus your mum's used to be on her back." And oh, I said, and and getting choked. Wayo. So yeah, your your mum's the better option. Um, you get plus you get that tactile feedback. You know if the choke's on. I just not used to getting choked. She's probably got that. A thick grappler's neck. Like, yeah, she's, what if what if you go to do it and she's just like, I love it harder. 
choke me harder. <laughs> Megan, just staring deep into your eyes. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Ian, for ruining your uh, relationship with your mum there. Um, but yes, practicing your mum. Uh, Matt Savage, so it's Matt underscore Savage 83, said, tips on maintaining MMA training during quarantine. Right. It's a really good question. Um, we're all struggling to do this at the minute. One of the best things I think you can do is download a round timer on Shadow Box, uh, Shadow Kickbox. Yeah, unless you've got um, a bag. But yeah, I mean, if you have few a of bag, us, yeah, a few of us have that. I really regret no, not having one now. If you've no equipment, a calisthenics, you know, round timer. So one of the biggest pieces of advice is, uh, our biggest piece of advice, sorry, uh, that Andy Burrows, who's our boxing coach, one of the best MMA coaches in the country in Northern Ireland, um, and an OG of MMA here, uh, first man, one of the first men to fight in a cage. Something like I that, think yeah. here. Um, he fought John Kavanagh in yeah, the first fought, fight in the cage. Fought all over Ireland. the world as well, yeah. uh, including Brazil, and uh, fought with some super good good dudes. Like um, he always said that, like you train for the period of time that you're fighting. So if you are, if you spar Matt, for instance, and you spar three minute rounds or five minute rounds, set your timer and do exercises for that period of time. Because he says that the theory is that. If you say, go, oh, but you know what, it's three minute rounds, but I'll do five minutes rounds and training, you know, and then by the time the fight comes, you know, you would think you'd have better cardio, but you don't, because what happens is... Your body gets used to... Yeah, recovering. Recovering and and only expanding and, you know, different time periods and you you said, like, you should never leave a fight with anything left in the tank, you know, you should never, you know, unless you've knock someone knock out, someone out. Yeah, but yeah, yeah you shouldn't be walking out of the cage going oh, i had a bit more to give so you should train to go as hard as you can for three five minute rounds five or yard, whatever ten three minute rounds or whatever it is but that's so, if you're if you're fighting um, yeah yeah um, if, but if even if you're not if you're more recreational whatever your rounds are that you spar yeah do that and you know do if you do you know five three minute rounds of boxing do that maybe mix it up a bit so it's you know one round is shadow boxing one round is you know sets of press-ups followed by burpees followed by shadow boxing you know to to get that you know i just also like to qualify this that we are in no way qualified or in any great way experienced with mma training like you've probably done the same amount as we have yeah we've just trained for the two fights but you know this is advice that you know i've been doing uh like the jiu-jitsu drills you can do on your own. Because I, I knew at the time when that it was a good good take. You even laughed at me because I took loads of them. But uh, when we were uh, getting the new jiu-jitsu gym, just mm-hmm. lifted. Well, didn't when it says it just lifted, it sounds like I stole them. They were giving away our old jiu-jitsu mats or spares. Mm-hmm. So I took a pile of them, put them in the roof space, and finally came good. It's paid off. Yeah. So I've set that up. That. Yeah, I've set that up in yep. the living room. Got a bit of yoga for BJJ going, getting super loosey goosey and flexible. And yeah, then doing so those yoga, solo drills. Yoga is a good one. Um, obviously, flexibility prevents injury, and that's coming from uh, a physio um, that we know who's, who's a sports based, uh, performance based physio. Um, so, you know, yoga would be good. Um, if it's specifically MMA, solo BJJ drills, throwing up triangles, throwing up arm bars, you know, some of the, the stuff from the Danaher, which you can download, I think, for free, the solo drills for BJJ. Yeah. Um, but shadow boxing for striking and shadow kickboxing. But there's really no replacing sparring. So if there's someone in your house, just get, them, just some, slap. Yeah, just get them some gloves. They don't even need slap. They just need to 
they need to stop being so selfish and help you with your training <laughs> and just suit up and do a couple of rounds every couple of days. <laughs> Get wee tiny gloves for your sixth month old. <laughs> um but yeah i mean that that's about the best advice we can give you we can put you in touch with people who are probably more qualified um to to give you some feedback like like we said andy burrows who's also got a podcast which i was actually on we were supposed to both be on and we were both on but then there was technical difficulties um so that podcast unfortunately never never came to fruition but uh, i was on shot the breeze with them about mma so that's not another fight cast so go dig those guys out and uh, i'm sure andy be more than happy to, to give you a few pointers and tips on things you can maybe do and uh in the times of quarantine but shadow boxing would probably be the only one that doesn't have any equipment specifically for throwing strikes um that i could think of um, or, and i don't know go break into your neighbor's house and just react to their what they're doing yeah like real life sparring well actually i don't know is he from america if he's from america don't do that yeah because you'll get shot yes yeah, not good you know pick a fight in the street or in these times supermarkets are a good place to do it just get a couple of rounds in, like some bitch is stealing, I don't know, the last bunch of bananas. Just wait, no, go, go, just wait beside. Just the toilet roll? Any item, any item that there's only one of, and yeah. just wait. Just wait there. And then as wait, someone and grabs it, go tell them that you were going to, you yeah. were waiting there just to Can, We're going to throw down for this. Um, Michael uh, at Late Night Carrot tweets us and says, tips on saving a failing marriage with four kids, a joint bank account, and no prenup. Nope. <laughs> Well, first of all, we have to establish if you want to save it. Do you want to rekindle that relationship or have you mentally checked out? Because if you have, if you've drawn the line in the sand, you just got to get out gracefully. Start over. Depends what age you are, man. If you're old as fuck, I feel bad for you. It's probably you. <laughs> but uh, if you've got four kids as well, if you're, I hope you've got a bit of age. Try it marriage counselling, I suppose, would be the next thing. Nah, it's a scam, bro. Just get it on YouTube um, for free. Yeah, true, true that. Or or take our previous advice. Start sparring. Start in the sparring. House, set a precedent. Who's boss? And I've just rekindle that love there. life. Have you just taken some time for just the two of you? Just go out, go out on the date. Ditch That's socially kids. isolated date. That's true. Of course, it's a difficult time. So, I mean, well, this is the thing. Like, can't obviously, save, I can't save marriages while you're in lockdown. This was hopefully a joke tweet. But um, on the good not, side, she can't be out cheating on you because she locked down. True that. Um, hopefully this tweet was a joke. If it's not, um, you know, our thoughts are with you and hopefully you do get it figured out. Um, but I presume it's a joke. And if that's the case, um, then our advice stands. Start sparring in the house. Go out in a non-socially isolated date whenever the things go over. But I get saw a good the, solicitor. The that's probably the best advice. If Especially with no prenup. Yeah, you've got to start um, setting those foundations. Does she want to leave which, you? Did you see uh, Adele? Yeah. 140 million. Now, this is the thing is loads of women cracking up. And it's like, do you know what? I know women have been rinsing men in divorces forever. So here's the thing. I know a ton of men who've been divorced and either have limited access to their kids or none Mm -hmm. and had lost like above half of what they had. Oh, yeah. Including my dad. Um, Oh, he got... Oh, you got proper out. rinsed, yeah. yeah. Um, but I genuinely, and I'm not just saying this, I don't know a single woman who came out of a divorce worse. I am sure they exist, and I am not disputing that, but I don't know any. No, well, I think the, the assumption a lot of the time is that, especially abusive relationships, go that way, so women 
you know, come out in the rougher end of that. But I don't even know if that's true anymore. Because we've spoken about because domestic violence. It's almost vi- the allegation. Yeah, because enough. we've spoken about domestic violence allegations before, and that, like, lots of. It would be unreported or not taken mm. as seriously, blah, 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 blah. But yeah. I mean, it's the other way around. Yeah. But, like. But, I mean, obviously, that's. People not, are attacking, not- I don't know his name, her ex husband or soon to be ex husband. It's like. If this was some famous singer dude, it would, people would not have a problem with it. No, probably not. Um, so we have uh, some questions from uh, our friend and listener, Snow Dragon. Um, big thanks to Snow Dragon because uh, she actually retweets a lot of our stuff, which is something we've been asking you all to do. She accused Sam, me of fingering your dog. She did, but, I mean, to be fair, I... And I only did it those couple of times. But that's what I was going to say is you've been unsupervised many times, so, like, I just don't know. Um, per pebbles, like, I just don't know. Nothing but the thumb. Um, no, that's the worst one man that's, exactly. that's the, that's the but, damage um, yeah like you know she, she's been involved in a lot of the conversations on Twitter and we really appreciate it, it means a lot to us um, and you know as I said just before this section like retweeting, tagging people you know posting it on your Facebook and all like the it's completely free but it helps us out a lot like I think a lot of people that maybe listen to this think that it's like this simple thing to do and you know, we're fortunate because, like, neither of us are particularly shy on the mic or whatever, so it's not difficult in that regard. And for us, like, like this is, like, we talk MMA every day at some stage, so we are, in some regard, just doing what we love. But there's cost involved, you know, for the equipment and for the, uh, the hosting of the podcast. There's an emotional cost. But on top of that, like... Second, this show is over every week. I just need, like, 40 minutes in the bath. Just having a good cry. The wife's like, "What are you doing in there?" I'm just like, just recovering, just getting over this, just moving on, trying to get, trying to put my Ready game face on from a child, you know, to come out <laughs> and just be a good, a good dad until the next one. Because I think that people have this idea, especially with like YouTube videos as well as another example where it's like, oh, I'm sure it's just you know, just sticking a video together. It's like these things take fucking time. Like we com- like we have to compile what we're going to talk about and research and record and edit and upload. And then, you know, there's so much social media. That and the amount we are spending on makeup and hair products for doing those like the YouTube Skype chats and stuff. I know. Well, we want to look our best for each other, man. Like you know, so, you know like if you show up on this without fucking without makeup on, oh, and my face savage. comes up full screen, just now I'm close. Not shit. I'm not even looking at yeah, it. Not even doing it. No way. No, I'm not looking at that for you know an hour and a half. It's just not a mission. Speaking but, of that, uh, Claire, my wife, keeps trying to persuade me to let her cut my hair. I'm like, it's not happening. Just let her do it, man. No, I'm not. Why? Because I, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not being seen by anybody. I'm just. Well, I can see you right now, and you need your fucking hair. Yeah, cut, and I'm not saying that it needs <laughs> cut, but I'm not gonna let her savage my head just for the sake. You know, like when this is over, first thing I'm gonna do is go get a haircut. You and every other member of the population in Northern matter. Ireland, but like, yeah, true. It's a small country. I'll not be waiting that long. But yeah, it's just a haircut. Like, what? Who's the defending? Plus, well, me. <laughs> do you not well, care anymore, man? I don't. I've given up. I don't. <laughs> I've given up. I've given up on you. <laughs> so, um, yeah, as I just said, please give it a share because we do put our, we bear our heart and soul into every episode, don't we, Mel? And for the right amount of money, we'll bear a whole lot more. <laughs> God, I don't think anyone wants to see that. So, no. anyway, it's absolutely sense For the right amount, this yeah, needs to be. What would be dollars? Your like, in all what? seriousness, if someone was like, 
you gotta send me a picture of the hog i'd need to run that by lady mel i uh, you know there would need to be a conversation that we would have for a start you got a dm just being like look unlimited amount of money like how much no 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 i'm trying to think of like the ground rules being like look like a snapchat you know like it can be sent but it disappears you can't save it i don't know like i i wouldn't want to do anything that that my missus would be uncomfortable with for a start and a grand? I, so I, nothing's happening without me without me asking her we'll say she's cool with it say she was cool with it i don't know it depends there's too many factors like i will think about this and i will give you an answer next week and i think i've always said this though face has to be in it i include myself in this too right everybody's number is way lower than they think like so you know we when you're in school and you're like how much you know get this guy to bum you or something (laughs) and everyone's like a million quid and all it's like nah mate if someone literally do it for half of that sandwich of your someone had a briefcase with 200 grand just slid it across even do you know obscenely high well yeah but you know what i'm saying is that everyone's number like is way lower than they think for everything i will i will have this conversation with lady mel and i will i will get back to you on this and i will be i will be a reasonable sum but i'm you know, gonna say for you because i haven't thought about me <laughs> the offer would be <laughs> i don't know 1500 1500 quid just for a dick pic yeah, but, but it's going to be out there. That's the thing. Like, oh, oh, it has to be. Oh, it's out there. Once I thought it's it was like Snapchat. Yeah. That because could, I was like, thinking about that. Go. That's too easy. Yeah. It's got to be out to let, there. I'll have to let you know then. It'd be like um, deal or no deal. And the, like I said, face has to be in it. It's not one of these like, oh, I could. Could be him. Could be him. Don't know. There's no way to prove it. Mm, I'll have to get back to you. But uh, at Snowdragon underscore says, how do you ensure finishes if you're the UFC and this card actually happens, the whole world will be watching? You can. How do you make sure it's not uh, all decisions or do you? Um, just curious what you think. So, um, yeah, you kind of can and you kind of can't in that, like, obviously you, you flat out can't, like, mm-hmm. make it happen. But I think that's kind of what they've tried to do with the matchups. I think they've picked stylistic matchups that are... Yeah. Apart from perhaps a Rosenstreich and Gani one, because there could be a case that that could end up like Lewis and Gani. I think that although even with that, like that's happened once in his well, I don't know how many fights in Gani's had. Let's say fifteen to twenty. Oh, I'm not saying I think it's going to. I'm just saying that he's the only one that there's maybe evidence that yeah. it could. Um, I don't think it will. I think the fights one of them's getting flattened in the first round. No, I but, think I think she's right. I think they've definitely selected a fight card knowing fine well that they're the only essentially the only live sport happening in the world um so yeah it could have lots of eyes on it It, you know we thought that about the brazil card and it was like their lowest ever viewed one or something yeah she actually raised that point um and uh, i'm just gonna look at the card here again to see let's see so there's let's say 10 fights um span alvey's ending with a knockout yeah michael johnson's ending in a knockout yep souza hall is ending in a Probably finish ending in a, yeah and ghani rosenstroke you bet your house on a finish qatar stevens it's gonna be fun it's gonna it's be wild they're gonna be a wild war or a finish yeah uh same with luke and price it's gonna be wild hardy castro could have the potential to be, to shit. be a snore fest yeah 
Uh, and Drage Namajunas is going to be technical and good, and Ferguson Gaethje should be mental. So, so said finish to decision ratio for fighters, I'm going to say 80%. 80, 80%, 80% finishes? Yeah. Uh, so there's so many t- that only leaves two of those fights going the distance, which I think isn't normally, like that's obscenely high. I'm going to go think that six. 60 40 maybe okay cool so there you go we've i'm trying i'm looking best. at what ones i'm gonna think of decisions eubanks morass vera borg guitar stevens and then there's one more in there somewhere maybe it's probably that's probably a bit higher than than 60 isn't it so she said tony ferguson's playing high risky and betting on himself while betting on his future how do you think the fans would perceive a Tony loss to Gaethje on the 18th, but then Tony's still receiving a title shot after all this is over, barring any injuries? He's well, that can't to. happen now. Um, I think this question might have been before the interim title bit was announced. Um, I think this might have been before, you know, when it was just heavily rumoured as opposed to confirmed. But even um, if this wasn't, if he loses, I mean, it's cutthroat. Tough luck. Yes, but... They have the money machine... Connor waiting in the wings who wants a Habib rematch supposedly Which, ironically he's the one that wins out of this yeah because you can you can if say Habib isn't ready till April you can do this in fight week in July with Connor for the interim strap and then you get the big Connor Khabib I don't want that but you can do it yeah no no I think Tony's t- Tony is literally taking all the risk here a loss and you can forget about it yeah, I agree with that, and I think the fans the only way perceive he's, that badly. The only way he's going to lose is badly as well. So, oh, 100%. Puts him right down the ladder. 100%. Um, so he is playing a high-risk game. Uh, I think, personally, the real winner of this is Connor. Um, and that wraps us, uh, brings us to our last question from uh, Dan Downey Jr., which is at Dan Downey Jr., so choose the question. But he said, you think Connor will fight the winner of Tony Ferguson versus Justin Gaethje? Yes, I do. Next. If Khabib publicly comes out and says, I'm not fighting till August, not I can be ready because the UFC can throw money at him, they can have a conversation, a word in his ear, and say, we'll strip you publicly and it'll be a whole big thing if you don't fight, blah, 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 blah. I don't think so. I think there's no chance. I think winner of this is fighting Khabib probably October, maybe, September. I hope so. And around I there. hope so. But I just would not put this past. The I UFC. think Connor's next fight will be at welterweight, and I think it'll be Masvidal. Either Masvidal, Poirier, or Diaz. One of the three. The Diaz fight makes a lot of sense. Um, See, I don't I think, think it does now, but I think it's always there. I think it'd be wasted now. I think Poirier rematch mm-hmm. could be a at good welterweight. Show. Yeah, I saw Dustin calling for it on Twitter. He was like, well, since this is booked me and Connor at welterweight. I was like, hmm, I haven't thought about that at welterweight. But yeah. yeah why not? Why not? Although, like, I know it's not going to happen because the UFC will bend over and take it for Connor regardless. But if you're going to fight for the lightweight title, you need to have some lightweight fights, you know. Um, yeah. But, but I think if you're Connor, you don't. But I agree with you. Like, that oh yeah, but that's what I mean. Like, so it wouldn't surprise me at all if Connor fights at welterweight next and then still receives it. I mean, you could put an argument forward, I suppose, to be fair to Connor. As much as we don't like doing that, um, he hasn't really lost any ground in lightweight either. I mean, well, the, yeah, the he thing, probably should fight. They're but. in an interesting scenario because the 
The two guys fighting for the interim title both fought Cowboy last. Connor has also just fought Cowboy last. So all three of them are coming off wins over the same guy. Yeah. You could argue that Gaethje's and Connor's wins were more impressive. It'd be hard to separate. You'd probably say Connor's was the most impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's definitely there. There, you can't argue that he's not in in and around there. But he just he's the odd man out. Yeah. Um. Uh, it's a, yeah, it's a lot of it depends on when Habib is ready to go. But if he's saying August, then I think it's winner of this versus Habib and then winner of that versus Connor. But if it's if he's going to take if Connor's going to take something at Welderweight in the meantime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you're probably right. So uh, that wraps up our listener questions. So thank you very much for uh for joining us for the podcast. Uh, the Forrest Griffin interview uh, is coming up next. So if you've already heard that, feel free to go on about the rest of your day. Uh, and if you haven't, you know he was a great guest, super awesome for us to have such a legend of, of MMA on with us. Really grateful for him to give up his time. Um, you know, we've we've been very fortunate over the last sort of month, month and a half, where we've had Curtis Blades, Josh Emmett, John Fitch, um, Johnny Walker, uh, Forrest Griffin. We've had all those guys come on the show. It's been amazing for us, a real sign of the, the hard work paying off. So we have a few things lined up, nothing concrete just yet. So do stay tuned, obviously, and we'll make sure that we release any news that we have on that to you. Um, and, and, you know, obviously... Uh, keep sending the questions in so like share subscribe all that good stuff leave us a review on uh, itunes if you haven't already uh be sure to check out facebook.com forward slash super mma get involved in the main place of conversation which is twitter at super mma show you can follow us on instagram at super mma um and yeah check us out on itunes so and if you don't uh, want to listen to our forest griffin interview you can watch it 100 percent Oh, yeah. search Forrest Griffin interview Super Rad MMA and it'll come straight up for you or do one better just search Super Rad MMA and subscribe to that channel and you won't miss any of it correct and if you hit the little bell icon you'll even get a notification when it comes up couldn't be any simpler no so here is Mr. Griffin yeah, what's good night. up guys welcome to the Super Rad MMA podcast I am not your host Forrest Griffin <laughs> but I am joined by your hosts Mel and Brad did I get that right Jack Jack, Jack, but close, close yeah. enough. You can call me whatever whatever you want for us. Yeah. That's absolutely fine. Sorry, um, so, we're all friends now, too. I'm, I'm blowing it here. Oh, absolutely. I'm delighted. Um, so, mm-hmm. Forrest, you fought in Belfast in 2007. Um, yes, fortunately. Yeah. Uh, that's, we're, we're not far from Belfast. Did you uh, enjoy our horrible weather? It was I, It was nice when I went there. I must have caught it on, a, on an off yeah. day. <laughs> yeah, I, I must have caught the good week, I guess. Yeah. How uh, how's retirement life treating you? Well, uh, retirement from fighting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, uh retiring from your sport you love sucks, but um you know, I've worked now more than I ever did. My poor wife thought I was retiring, she thought it'd be, you know, spend more time at home, have some projects, whatever. Now I'm working, working, working. And you know, that's the thing about, you know, MMA athletes, right? Most of us are going to retire into our second profession, into our second job, our next great yeah. passion, you know? Uh, it's a funny thing being a professional athlete, right? Because you, you're on a clock and you don't know when it's going to end, but it is going to end. And most of us will not make enough to, you know, see ourselves to 59 and a half retirement, whatever. So you have to figure out how to turn the skills and the relationships you learned into uh, something you can monetize later in your life. 
Well, you you uh, retired on arguably slightly on the younger side. Um, yeah. Has there ever been a point that you've been tempted to come back? Obviously, probably not now you're set up, but yeah. you know, was there ever a time after you retired where you considered it? Um, yeah, yeah, I was doing uh, I was doing some foot drills, some rehab at a buddy of mine, physical therapist, with some high school kids, and I was thinking, man, I might be all right, and then. Uh, my knee popped again shortly after. So, yeah, I don't, um, you know, yeah, let me put it this way. I did not plan on retiring. I thought I still had a whole second act. You know, I thought, all right, I hit the bottom. Now I'm going to climb back up and give one more go. You know, I thought I had another two or three years for sure. Dad, you uh, are one of the, well, I suppose quite a few people at this stage, but one of the luckiest men alive because you had the amazing job of being able to punch Tito Ortiz in the face many, yeah. many times. I can only say I wish I'd done it much better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you think the uh, competition level's like now? Um, obviously, you, you've been around the sport for yeah. so long now, um, and you're working closely with the athletes. What what have you seen now compared to... Um, well, there's no yeah, boxing adage. Talent goes with the money. <clears throat> and and popularity is right mma is a more popular sport than it was i was a pretty good athlete for when i got into mma but the level of athleticism the level of things that kids come in knowing the years they spend training not just wrestling or taekwondo or kickboxing or something but they, they, a lot of them have spent years training mixed martial arts in in its whole so that's uh it's just a better level of competition and this is the newest sport right so that's why yeah. The, the athletes will grow. They continue to get better. More people like Francis and Ghana will be exposed to the sport that they never heard of it. Mm-hmm. You know, you're seeing this with like a guy like Walt Williams, a guy that's, you know, maybe, you know, potential NBA or NFL guy that says, hey, you know what? I could be a mid-tier defensive end in the NFL, maybe get my two, three years in, retire out, or maybe I can be a UFC star, right? Yeah. Yeah. So do you feel that the competition level now is yes. much higher than it was? Yes. So if we had a time machine, we bring prime Forrest Griffin yeah. into the FC light heavyweight division now. Where do you see yourself slotting in? Not great. Not great. <laughs> you know, I, I'm older now, so I look at more as matchups, right? There's a couple guys I would match up with decently, but. You know, the, the the overall market competition has gotten much higher. You were an early adopter of leg kicks in, in MMA, you know, and you, I think at one stage, had a record for most leg kicks in a three-round fight. Um, are you pleased to see them becoming more prevalent in the UFC? Because well, it seems to be heavier than ever. It's the calf kick, right? Yeah, um, it seems to have changed. calf kick is, is really... So a great thing about the calf kick is you think about your range. If I can kick you in the thigh, there's a good chance you can lean in and touch me with a punch, right? Mm-hmm. But kicking you in the calf, you're really – I've created that extra little space where you can't touch me with that punch. So it's a great it, – it, you know, if you set it up correctly, it's relatively risk-free. And then the other thing is the foot jab. Or people call it oblique kick. I don't know why, but it's just the, the knee stomp. Um, oh, I hate that one. Uh, yeah, I hate that one. That's a rough one, man. As someone right. with knee injuries, I'm keep keep your knees bent, guys. Don't don't ever stand <laughs> flat-footed, straight-legged. You're in trouble. The uh, 
the UFC obviously is in a, a weird spiral right now with uh, you know the coronavirus and you know they're, yeah. they're scrambling to put a card together and there yeah, seems I to be a big the UFC. I would say it's the world of sports. True, true, true. Um, but the UFC in particular seem to be the ones who are not letting it go at the moment because there's a obviously a cry out for sport. Um, the UFC, think about it. They have an advantage, right? It only takes really two people, third a ref. Everybody else can do their job virtually or remotely, right? Yeah. You don't technically have to have judges there, right? You right. can have judges in a third place or removed, you know, watching it on film. Uh, how many of us feel like we can judge the fights and know more than the judges that watched it live? And, you know, maybe they were influenced by the crowd or they looked away at the wrong moment or something. Or I was watching it on my TV and I had the best angle. So, you know, maybe there's something to that. I don't know if the commission would go for that, but you can really... If you kind of dissect it and, you know, deconstruct it, you can take a lot away. Um, you know, think about your first fights. You would have gotten in a fight. It would just been you and somebody else. There was no crowd initially. A crowd probably came when they saw two people fighting if it lasts mm -hmm. for any length of time. But for the most part, you know, they need two people and then a ref to make sure, you know, that's no one, no one gets killed. <laughs> yeah. So, you uh, you were obviously on the Ultimate Fighter as well as coached it. Yeah. Which was more fun? You know, I don't know. They were both kind of fun and they were both kind of hard. <laughs> they, they both had a lot of value, I'll say. More than fun. They were both very valuable experiences. And um, having to coach that first Ultimate Fighter I coached made me a better coach, cornerman, then, you know, I wasn't looking to do that at the time. I was, you know, holistically uh, concerned with myself and improving myself mm. as a fighter. And that made me kind of step, take a step back and really made me a better training partner and, you know, coach. And, and I was very thankful for it after having done it. But in the midst of it, you're thinking, man, I just want to fight or just do this. Or why didn't they do that? You know, it becomes actually, um, you know, difficult, I'd say, in that moment to do I think Mel and I had actually spoken off air, and uh, Mel, you'd, you'd said about Forrest coaching. You'd... Yeah, I was just wondering, I know you've got the role at the Performance Institute, but I was just wondering if um, you had any interest in sort of a more traditional MMA, like head coach role, you know, looking at maybe your own gym or own team down the line? No, no, no. So I've kind of done that a little bit. Um, you know, I've, I've assisted in that. That is a, that's a tough life, man. And you think about my friends now that do that. I have a lot of friends that do not do that now. They, uh, you know, it's not something they can do virtually, right? You can't hold pads virtually. You can't, you know, I saw uh, Rafael Cordero having some students spar and he was, you know, watching it on film, giving them notes. But, you know, there's only so much of that you can do in the day, right? Yeah. Where, you know, when you're coaching, you coach 20 people. And it's just, you know, it's a tough way to make your living. It really is. You got to uh... travel. You leave. You know, you, you go out with your fighter maybe Wednesday. And you, you leave your other, the rest of your team. And you got to, you know, you know, you a lot of lost weekends. And the, the thing, my, my least favorite thing about coaching and coring was the sitting and the waiting. Waiting is the worst of it because you get think you got to get there like two o'clock. You're just sitting there, yeah, riding in a van, waiting on your guy to do some media, to do this, to do that. It's just honestly, it's just 
mind-numbingly boring. Well, one one thing that we always uh, ask um, any of the fighters that we have on, um, we Mel and I both took part in a uh, in novice MMA fights purely because when we had the podcast, we we didn't want to be two guys who had zero insight into you know the the workings of what it's actually now, like to fight. Now you guys have the one percent insight, you know, like hundred percent. So one of the things that I find particularly difficult, particularly for my second fight, was the, the mindset. Oh, no, no, no. I, the weight cut was actually okay for me, but uh, Mel here, he has to uh, oh, cut to get, yeah. cut to make heavyweight, so uh, he's yeah, a big boy. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm your division. Um, I'm, I'm light heavyweight. Um, but it was just a quick question in regards to mindset and how you were able to, throughout your career, continue that. You know, you obviously can't go into a fight feeling like you're not going to win. Yeah. How did you manage to, to so balance my, that mindset? mindset that's, that's actually something that I'm trying to read a lot, learn about right now. So, you know, um, some people need kind of that space. Some people don't. I put it like this. At the end of the day, you want to go in there. You want to know two things. Did I do everything I could in my power to win the fight? And do I deep down, I will not quit on myself in there. That's all you really have to know, right? Again, it's like the Lord's Prayer or whatever. You can only control what's in your control. And you can't stress too much about the rest. Um, there's, uh, you know, there's all kinds of things you can do, be it breathing, be it, you know, focus drills. You know, you 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 got to stay in the moment on the task at hand. Right. There's 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 so much good literature that I've been reading recently that comes to mind. I'll put it like this. Here's here's what you want to do. You want to start your camp. And you want to watch your opponent, you know, kind of, hey, you should be a little afraid. When you're eight weeks out, you're watching your opponent, you're watching for a month. And then you develop the game plan on how to beat that opponent. And then you transfer away from watching film of that opponent to thinking about your game plan, to doing everything in that moment to uh, win that fight. And, and some fighters, for, for them, they might even need to say, hey, you know what, I'm going to work on the underhook on the wall today so that. When I'm in a fight with such and such on that date, I will beat them. And that's the way they set their intention and start practice. Um, and then, you know, you, you think about it. One of, one of the tricks I always used was the night before a fight, you're doing hot bass or the week of the fight, right? You're going to do some hot bass, some, some sauna stuff. I would sit in the hot bass and I would never vocalize my fears and worries. I would never say them aloud. I would sit in the hot bath. I would think about all, I would let the negative thoughts come because, because they will, if you don't guard against them, they'll come. And I would say, you know, it's hot, it sucks. I, and then I would pop the drain and I would watch all those negative thoughts. Try to visually watch the negative thoughts go down the drain. And then you take a cool, refreshing shower and then you positively visualize. You see yourself walking out, you see your hands raised, you know. I thought it was so dumb. The coaches at the end of practice, run around with your hands up. You want, you want, get in your head, you want. I thought it was so dumb at the time, but now I kind of get it more. And then, you know, the, the day of the fight, you kind of, you're going to go through your routine. You know what a routine is? Routine makes the extraordinary ordinary, right? So you, you ever see the movie Hoosiers? Uh, no, I haven't. It's a great movie. I mean, you know, America, if you're into American college or high school basketball. But yep. the, the concept is that no matter where you are, the octagon's 30 feet. It, the opponent, the matting, it doesn't change that much, right? So you're going to mm -hmm. control for what you can. Maybe there's altitude, maybe there's not. Um, but you want to control for what you can, and then you go in there, and it's the same sport. 
It's the same warm-up. So something I found later in my career was um, I had this big elongated warm-up that, that allowed me to get mentally in tuned, and it required more space than I would have on the actual event. So I was like, look, I'm going to have two squares of mat. I need to come up with a warm-up, pre-fight warm-up that we can do in two squares of mats because I can't just run around. I don't have 50 foot of mat like I do in my home gym when I warm up. And then, you know, you see fighters play the song before that hard sparring. Something I like to do early in my career is I would drive two hours to Atlanta and I would box at a boxing gym where I didn't know anybody, you know? And, and I literally think, man, if I get knocked out, is anybody even going to be nice enough to put me in my car? You know, <laughs> but, but you get that fear, that away yeah. game fear. And a little bit of fear is good, you know. Um, instead of calling it fear, we'll call it arousal. You know what arousal does? It brings the best out of you. Remember, there's, there's a couple types of stress, right? There's you stress and distress. Stress is good, man. Stress is why I got out of bed every day and worked my ass off because I assumed that my opponent was doing the same thing, you know. Stress is not a bad thing. Stress yeah. makes you react. It's, it's just a signal. Right. So you realize that that one, your heart rate rises when your stomach shuts down and you get butterflies. That's because your body knows the deal. Your physiological, your, your, your snake brain, it knows what's up, man. It knows, you know what? I don't need blood in my stomach right now. I need that shit in my muscles. You know, why do you feel like all like weird? You feel in car accident speed, right? Like <laughs> now that the key is to not let that happen. This is something I did wrong. Not let that happen all day fight day. Because then when you get to the fight. You are taxed. You've been working at that, you know, the whole time. So you get up, fight day, you do your warm-up. You let those feelings come. And then you push them out. And you go to your happy place with your friends. You know, I meet a lot of fighters. Um, th that's when the corner team becomes important. Because you want to be sit there joking and blah, 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 And it doesn't happen. Like, you're not in the fight. You get to the arena. Hey, I'm still relaxed. Fight? Oh, there's a fight? No, it doesn't matter. Now, somebody told me, a psychologist I got to speak with told me that tactile was the thing. So what I would use now is the second you start getting your hands wrapped, that's when we're in the fight. That's when we switch on, as you know, Coach Cab says. Switch on. Hey, it's time. Now we're in the fight. Now, instead of trying to redirect our thoughts to whatever we're doing at this very moment, we can look forward to that fight, to the things we need to do, and we can, you know, yeah, it's stressful. And I'm going to go fight this person. And then you have to look at it like, don't look at it. Hey, somebody's going to kick you in the head as hard as they can. No, you get to kick somebody in the yeah. head as hard as you want, man. You get to do that to somebody. You know, it's like the old, I'm not locked in here with you. You're locked in here with me, son. Yeah. You know, that, that's the mentality. You have to kind of start thinking that, oh, you know what? They're real good at this. They're real good at that. Hey, you know what? I'm real good at it. I'm real good at this, too. And I bet, you know, in my head, I'd be like, yeah third round though it's gonna be a little they're gonna be a little slower i'm not you know so you have to find your psychological advantages and play them up yeah. just like you're gonna play them up in the actual competition did, did you feel at any stage in your career um you just highlighted there that um you know there was times in your career that maybe you didn't abide by that was there anything in particular that you you know in any of your losses that you felt you know was maybe a mindset thing um, nah, not specifically, you know, yeah, I, I, I usually got outskilled or, you know, did, didn't train properly for the event I was training for, you know, you, 
you fought at heavyweight early in your career and yeah. to my to my eye you looked huge at light heavyweight did you yeah. cut a lot so you know i would bounce around so i'm naturally a skinny kid but i used to love lifting weights and and you know i i came up trying to play american football in college and what do you do for that i would eat six thousand calories a day every day <laughs> i would i would you know hit the weights three four times a week big time you know and um it, it just it, it would depend right so i had a tough time because i actually broke my foot but i could still like hit some mitts but i couldn't do much road work and i was lifting and hit mitts and as long as i didn't bounce my foot um, I was all right, and I got to feel like 245. Uh, but, you know, I felt great for two minutes. Yeah. But, well, um, you, you know, I was actually a skinny kid that always ate his way up. Well, yeah. just before uh, we let you go, because we're uh, approaching the time limit here, um, we always do quick-fire questions with our guests. So just a couple of quick-fire questions for you before we let you go about your day Ice for cream. us. So Bananas. I, <laughs> well, <laughs> well, there's no point asking the first question then. Yeah. Um, Street Fighter, Tekken, or Mortal Kombat? Uh, Mortal Kombat. Fine choice. Uh, Van Damme or Schwarzenegger? Uh, Schwarzenegger. Pineapple on pizza? Hell yes or hell no? I, eh, it's fine. You're the only person that said that. Most like uh, Curtis Blades. Yeah. Yeah, he thought it was I, blasphemy. I I'll, I'll do it, but I don't love it. You know, it's like anal sex. I'll do it, but it's. Not <laughs> <laughs> Who is your toughest opponent? Man, you know. It's so hard to say, right? I mean, my best was maybe um, Anderson Silva was probably my best opponent, but that wasn't actually a tough fight because I was never really there. <laughs> Didn't even know what was going on. So, uh, man, I, I, I don't know. You know, my hardest fights were Stefan, the first Shogun. Um, one I gassed a lot in early that was really tough was, um, and I caught him some big shots and nothing happened was, uh, oh, I forget his name. Uh, the heavyweight, he fought uh, Tim Sylvia for the belt. Uh, good Jets guy, good wrestler. And bald uh, now, head, now we'll oh, Jeff Monson. Jeff, Jeff Monson. Yes, yeah, that, yeah. that was just one of those fights where you're like, all right, who's who's helping me to the locker room? I can't believe this game is right now. <laughs> you, you won that by submission, didn't you? No, no, no. I won by decision. Decision, sorry. They, they, it was magic. So they, they were like, all right, you know what? Close fight. We're gonna do an overtime round. No. If you could have, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 no. I was just saying, if you could have any dream fight, you know, anyone from any era, any promotion, yeah. um, who would you pick? Uh, you know, me, circa Vanderlei. Prime oh. me, prime Vanderlei. In pride. Yeah, man. You know, pride I don't rules. Know. I, I, I fought twice under that rule set and uh, maybe three times under that rule set and i did i did get the uh the cross-eyed knee to the head i had my hand on the guy's face and i need him on the head and his head flew like and i was like whoa that's that's real <laughs> you have to be people in the head man. um if you could capture any superpower what would you choose any superpower uh, I'd be Wolverine. He's always my favorite, you know. I want to recover because I'm so banged up, you know. <laughs> Adam back to Yeah, I want to be healthy, man. And uh, just just the last question: Wolverine, be... Wolverine ain't going getting COVID. His body will fight that shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, in five years, Forrest Griffin will be. 
Uh, vice president at the UFC Performance Institute, <laughs> trucking along, helping fighters uh, get the most out of their careers and, and, and helping the world of mixed martial arts to train in a more effective and scientific fashion. Forrest Griffin, thank you very much for taking the time. Jordan, thank you. Cheers. That about wraps up our show for today. So thank you very much for joining us, Big Mel. You got anything to add before we bounce? Would you watch Dana White's sex tape if it came out? No, I absolutely would not. Really? Not a, not even a teensy bit interested. I mean, I probably would. Like, you just yeah, you probably would just to see just how deep a color of red he goes. I'm just gonna sign off with this. Just, I'm I'm not even gonna say goodbye. Is he packing or not? He's not. Peace and love.